ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. We're back. Had to take a little bit of a break there. Uh, had some uh, losses in our family, uh, so we had to be with our families in the tough time, but we're glad to be back. A little bit of a, uh, I know, a release for me, and uh, I'm sure Devin feels the same way. Glad to be here just talking football, getting away from all the all the hard times of life to talk with you yeah. guys and each other on some football. Dev, how are we doing tonight? We're doing well. We're doing well. Um, excited to be back. I feel like I say that every single time because our schedules have just been kind of crazy lately. So we're we're figuring things out. We're we're trying to get a more regularly scheduled show for everybody. And hopefully, hopefully it starts today. It starts now so that we can get a weekly show for everybody out there and we can have peace of mind that we're actually going to record each week and, and get the sw- get into the, a swing of things. But I'm excited to be here, excited to record our top 10 tight end lists. I think I'm a little nervous to share mine with you. I'm cur- I think you're going to not like it and you're, you're going to roast me on it. But we'll, we'll see that about that when we get there. We do have some news to talk about, Cody. What's what's going on in the NFL world? Well, before we get to the NFL world, I thought I would bring up a pretty major piece of college football news that happened today. Uh, Kirby Smart, head coach of your reigning national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, becomes the highest paid college football coach in the country. Ten years, hundred million over $100 million. It's a lot of money for a college football coach. It's a lot of money for a college football coach. It's weird that I feel like it's weird that he's making more than Saban, don't you? Yeah, I mean, the the Bulldogs were fa- fantastic last year, and they will continue to be so. But I mean, you've got that dynasty down there in Alabama, and Nick Saban's been at the helm of that for however long, and he's shown over and over again that he can do it. I'm. I bet Kirby Smart can do the same, but in regards to, I mean, possibly one of the greatest college coaches of all time, Nick Saban is way ahead of Kirby Smart in that conversation. Absolutely. Devin, speaking of getting the bag. The bag was given to Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. Finally, everybody's been waiting for it. Kyler's been waiting for it. We've had some drama in the NFL world because of it. But today he signed a five-year extension worth $230.5 million with $160 million guaranteed. This is the second highest NFL contract in history. That's just an annual value, correct? Not total money? Correct, yeah. Yeah, annual value. Highest paid contract. Second highest paid contract in the NFL to date. Yeah, I mean, on paper, this screams too much money. Um, I was in a conversation with a colleague today, and they made the argument that it was too much money, and they gave a variety of reasons here. One, he has no playoff wins. Two, he's never broken 4,000 passing yards. Three, he's 26 passing touchdowns is his career high. Um, four, this one cracked me up. He threw a pick six in the first possession of the Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> five, 
he held out, and six, he doesn't have an MVP. Man, dude's only been in the league for three seasons. Most quarterbacks, sure. most quarterbacks are don't even scrape the playoffs in their first three seasons. Total yards, he's he's been over four thousand every year, including being in the top five, not last year, but the year before, twenty twenty. The Pro Bowl argument is just null and valid. And there's only been eight guys ever to win an MVP in the first three seasons, and only two of them have happened since 2000. So mm-hmm. I think expectations are a little high. That said, these guys who don't haven't really proven themselves, your Kyler Murray's, your Deshaun Watson's, your Kirk Cousins, your Dak Prescott's, your Matt Ryan's, these guys are getting paid huge money. And they haven't really done a whole lot to earn it. I think, I think, I mean, as, as a cower, counter argument to your colleague, Kyler has accomplished a lot. Yes, there have not been playoff wins. There's been some struggles with turnovers. And honestly, in this day and age, who doesn't at least threaten to hold out if they don't get paid? These guys are worth so much money and everybody else around them is getting paid. If they want money, they're going to threaten to hold out. These teams can't afford to lose a guy like Kyler Murray. That's why they paid him so much money. A, he reached 60-plus touchdown passes and 20-plus rushing rushing touchdowns faster than any player in NFL history. He became the fourth youngest quarterback in the NFL to reach 10,000 passing yards last year. He joined Cam Newton as the only player with 10,000-plus passing yards and 1,500-plus rushing yards in his first three seasons. He set a franchise record for the most career games with at least one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown at 13. He became the fourth player in franchise history at any position with 20-plus rushing touchdowns in their first three seasons. He's a quarterback. He's got more rushing touchdowns than freaking Arizona Cardinal running backs. The list goes on. I could name more reasons. The guy is worth a lot of money, and given the quarterback realm that we live in today— if you don't get in early by paying your quarterback, then he's going to get more money. They probably could have saved $40 million if they paid him last year, but they didn't. They waited, and now other people have gotten paid, so they had to top it because he thinks he's worth more. It's the Cardinals' fault they paid him $230 million. Um, on to the next bit of news. Um, it's been a while since we've recorded, and in that long hiatus baker mayfield was traded from the cleveland browns finally he is now a carolina panther and even now coach matt rule says that there is a quarterback competition guys there's not a quarterback competition going on here it's not it's not it's not going to happen baker mayfield will be the starting quarterback of the carolina panthers and everybody knows it including head coach matt rule cody what are your thoughts Oh, I mean, absolutely. But, I mean, given given the way fan bases are, if Baker comes out and throws a pick on the first possession, you're going to have guys to, oh, where's Sam Darnold? Um, but, yes, I mean, Baker's contract and Baker's being Baker Mayfield um, will get him the starting job, uh, and we'll see what he can do with a talented team. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson – I mean, that's talent. So, uh, yeah, and they've got a good defense, too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I think I think he goes into a better coach. I mean, A, I don't like Matt Rule at all, but at least they were willing to seek him out and get him um, instead of seeking out another quarterback while he's hold, still hold on up. the team. Were you about to say that Matt Rule is a better coaching situation no, 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 than no, 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 Kevin no, 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 Stefanski? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. I was not going to say that. I caught myself because then I realized how much I actually despise Matt Rule because he should not be the head coach of the Panthers. And the Panthers organization has been kind of dumb to keep him on the staff. But I digress. Next up, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, second string quarterback, backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, has officially been given permission by the team to seek a trade. I think he was also cleared to start practice medically. So he's good to go. He could start practicing. And I think this is kind of what they were waiting for. But Kyle Shanahan also reported that he got an offer for two second round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not going to get that now. I don't know why he wouldn't have taken that originally. If you knew all along that you weren't going to go with him and you were going to go with Trey Lance as your starting quarterback, you passed up two second round picks for the guy. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know that there's a huge market for Jimmy G right now. I mean, you're at the point where most teams have their quarterback rooms figured out. Um, I mean, I think Seattle is the exception, but, like, I mean, is Jimmy Garoppolo really just a huge upgrade from Drew Locke and Geno Smith? I don't know. I mean, if you uh, want to lose out on one of the top-tier quarterbacks in next year's draft, you would go trade out for Jimmy Garoppolo. But that would be dumb because he's not the long-term answer for any of these teams. Right. He's not. And, I mean, I think another possibility that was talked about pretty heavily was Cleveland uh, with with Deshaun Watson's uh, start of the season and season in general in question. But then they go out today and sign Josh Rosen. So I don't think that they're really interested in any more quarterbacks. I think they're going to roll with – Josh Rosen and Jacoby Brissett, Lord help us. <laughs> um, I think it's also rumored that he, I mean, Houston might be involved in the trade conversation. And I honestly think that's one of the biggest boneheaded moves you can make. Davis Mills pretty much gave you a lot of what you look for when you go out there and you throw a third round rookie quarterback into the mix. I mean, he had 66.8 completion percentage, 263 completions, 16 touchdowns. He had a 4% touchdown percentage. He only had 10 interceptions, so, eh. I mean, 16 to 10, not a great ratio, but it's not horrible. And he had a 2.5% interception percentage. I mean, that's not horrible when you are looking at the third-round pick for a team that was completely incompetent last year. Yeah, I... I I just don't see the worth in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Instead, when you can try and develop this guy this year, and if he doesn't work out for the second year in a row, then yeah, you can look elsewhere. But don't don't go out and get a mild upgrade over Davis Mills. And I think Davis Mills honestly has more upside than Jimmy Garoppolo would offer you. Especially a mild upgrade with a huge contract. Huge contract, injury risks. Like, there's... There's so many downsides to going out and trading Jimmy Garoppolo if you have a suitable quarterback on your team already. Kyle Shanahan missed out on his opportunity. Last but not least, Michael Thomas was added to the pup list today. Cody, what does this mean for the Saints? Uh, it means that we're not going to see Michael Thomas on the field for the first several weeks, which, I mean, they have other talent. They have... 
Alvin Kamara, we're still waiting to hear. Uh, He's going to be out for the first two weeks, too. So that's if, unfortunate. Yeah. If he's if he's charged in any way, it's an automatic six-game suspension, and I think that's what they're bracing for. So I think they're going to be without Thomas and Kamara for the first four weeks until Thomas can at least is eligible to return, but even then, I don't know if he will. So they're kind of they're stuck rolling with Mark Ingram, uh, I think uh, Tony Brooks Jones, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave as their as their centerpieces of that offense. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want a piece of that to be honest with you. I mean, maybe Chris Olave, but not not inside the first ten rounds of the draft of any redraft. I wouldn't take him. I'd take him in dynasty though. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, without Sean Payton there, I mean, the last time Mark Ingram was in New Orleans, he made the Pro Bowl uh, for a full season. But without Sean Payton calling the plays, I mean, I think there'll be a little bit more. Um, like, you'll see Ingram be able to play more of a traditional running back role with Jameis Winston playing quarterback instead of Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he's not Alvin Kamara. And Jarvis Landry... Is solid and Chris Chris Olave needs to step up. If the Saints want to be a competitive team in the first several weeks of the season, Chris Olave needs to step up. He's got to be the X factor for them. Yeah, absolutely. And but and and you said the last time that Mark Ingram played for the Saints, he made the Pro Bowl. A that was 2018, and he wasn't 30 yet. He's 32 right now. 32. And now he's coming into a team that isn't great, is going to have to... I mean, I don't know if I trust Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry coming out of the gate as my two wide receivers, especially with Jameis Winston at the helm, but we'll see. Like you said, without Sean Payton, I just... I mean, he's... His yards on average, like per carry, has gone down below 3. It was 3.5 last year. It dropped... 1.7 1.7 yards a carry or 0.7 yards a carry from 2020 and 1.5 from 2019 when he was doing really well. I just, I don't see Mark Ingram as that guy, even for six weeks while Kamara is out. I don't, I don't see him doing anything other than, Hey, I'll get you three yards a carry. I might get you 50 yards a game. And if we're lucky, I'll give you a touchdown. You heard it here first folks. The breakout receiver on the New Orleans Saints this year, Kevin White. Ooh, Kevin White going deep. No, I I disagree with that, Cody. If anybody's going to break out, it's going to be Chris Olave. I just, we've been so spoiled with rookie wide receivers as of late with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that people's expectations have kind of gone way over the top. If Chris Olave breaks out, it's going to be 800 yards and six touchdowns. And honestly, that's a great season from a rookie court, rookie wide receiver. I've said it on the show before. That's what I look for in rookie wide receivers who are going to be good in the long term, or at least for the next few years to start out. You want seven to 900 yards and a, and a handful of touchdowns. And I, I think that's doable from Chris Olave, especially with Michael Thomas out for the first four weeks, if not longer. So Chris Olave is the guy to take a shot here. If you're going to go for New Orleans wide receivers, Jarvis Landry, I mean, he's okay, but he's probably a wide receiver four this year, and I don't know if you really want to be reaching for a guy like that. That's all of our news. I mean, obviously there was sarcasm in my last comment, 
How is Kevin White even on a? I didn't even know he was on a roster. <laughs> he had. I didn't catch, know he was either. He had one catch last it. year for thirty-one yards. Hey, thirty-one yards per catch though—that's pretty dang good. <laughs> True that. <laughs> okay, Devin. Uh, as we transition here a little bit, I have a question for you. Shoot. I forget where I heard it this week, but it was mm-hmm. an interesting one. If you were the football gods and you could go back and change a call that happened at some point in a football game in history, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what call are you changing? Well, Jesse James caught a touchdown at the half-yard line against the Patriots in the playoffs, and that is easily the number one play that I would change. (laughs) Because for some reason, Tom Brady gets all the calls going his way, and because it was against his team, it didn't. I disagree. It was a touchdown. And now, every single catch that's similar to that would be. So, I, I don't know. That's that's probably the one that comes to mind, but mainly because I'm biased and it was against the Steelers. So, no, I mean that's oh. a. Go ahead. Oh wait, sorry, never mind. I was talking about. I was thinking of a different question, but you asked me to change a play. Here's a. If you had one, like if you could change one rule in the NFL right now, what would it be? I have mine. It's so easy to me. All right, what's yours? Why well, think? The stupid pass interference calls. Like, you should not just be able to bomb a pass 40 yards down the field at third and 19 and automatically pick up a first down if just because somebody was possibly interfering with the play. It should be 15 yards and then a replay on downs. That's it. I love how college has it. It's great. If it's in the end zone, yeah, put it – I mean – Actually, the end zone's a little bit tricky. I don't know if I would want, like, I don't want it to just automatically go at the one because you could have a pass interference from the 40 yard line and then you're getting 39 yards on the play. And that's stupid. Um, I'm going to take an easy cop out here. And for your mm-hmm. question, I'm going to say um, the overtime rules. Ooh. Which they're getting there. They're getting there. They're getting there. Um, so I, thinking about my own question, To me, there's three that stick out. One's a little bit different, but there's three that stick out. The first one is Mm -hmm. that Saints-Rams pass interference, no Mm -hmm. call in the NFC Championship game. It's fair. The year the Rams. We were robbed of a Breeze versus Brady Super Bowl, um, and I think really what would have put an emphasis on Breeze's career should he have been able to pull that game off against the Patriots which mm-hmm. I think with the team that he had that year, he very well could have. The other, the other two that I'm going to talk about happened in the same playoff season as mm-hmm. each other. The first one I think is very similar to your Jesse James uh, moment. Is, touchdown. Uh, Jesse is, James' touchdown. Is that uh, Dez caught it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a little bit of bias there too because I hate to see Green Bay do well. But, like, he very clearly caught the ball and was reaching for the end zone with the ball. Um, to, in today's rules, that would be a touchdown. Um, Des caught it. Uh, fast forward that same uh, playoffs to the Super Bowl. This isn't a, uh, a, a official call I would change. It's a play call I would change. Uh, I would give the ball to Marshawn Lynch 
on the goal line instead Would of throwing a, instead of throwing a slant route. You and every single person in the country except for Pete Carroll. Exactly, exactly. So that is what we would do uh, if we were the football gods. Obviously, they're pretty recent. We don't have a ton of experience as far as knowing some of older plays and stuff. But mm-hmm. I will say it. Franco Harris did catch it. That ball didn't hit the ground, everybody. Immaculate reception was true. It happened. Everybody saw it, except nobody saw it at the exact same time. <laughs> Touche. All right, Dev. Let, I let's just pissed mo- off every single Raiders fan in existence. Um, well, do we want to? If we want to do that, do we really want to talk about the tuck rule? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we should probably just uh, uh, cut off cut off that conversation before we lose our entire audience. Let's go into our top 10 tight ends for fantasy this year. I Cody, did I kick it off or did you kick off the running backs? Um, I think you kicked it off so I can kick us off. All right. Sounds good. Whatever, whatever you feeling like. Um, I gotta go with Travis Kelsey. Okay. He's going to have a different situation this year. Not having Tyreek Hill. He'll probably see a lot more double teams, but he's got Andy Reid calling plays. I mean, that offense, like, you know Tyreek Hill's going to go deep on you. Don't let him get behind you. Yet they still draw up plays where Tyreek Hill gets behind the defense. They will get plays to get Kelsey open. He's going to be Mahomes' number one target. Um, I see no reason why he should not be tight end number one. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I want to give props to Mark Andrews because he had a great year last year. I mean, he outscored every single tight end um, at least by 20 points, 25 points, I think. Um, but I don't see that exact year repeating. The, the Ravens threw the ball more than they ever will in the Lamar Jackson era, in my opinion. So I don't, I don't see that happening, happening again. And Kansas city has the second most vacated targets out of any team in the NFL this year with Tyreek Hill leaving and a bunch of other people leaving. And history kind of shows us that a lot of those targets do go to running backs, but Mahomes doesn't like to dump the ball off to his running backs. He's, he's much more of a downfield passer. So I see, Travis Kelsey getting a handful of those targets and with targets comes completions and with completions comes yards and touchdowns. So I see Travis Kelsey getting an uptick in his production because Tyreek Hill left. Yes, he's going to get double teams, but he's been double teamed so many times in his career and it hasn't really stopped him. So I see him reclaiming the throne as the number one tight end in the NFL. So we agree on number one. But I think that I think the buck stops here, Devin. Who you oh, got two? I do have Mark Andrews at two. He, like I said before, he had a great year last year. He is probably going to decrease in some of his production, but I mean, it's not going to be a huge amount. I see Kelsey and Andrews as the clear-cut top two in tight end tiers this year, mainly just because of their situations. I mean. Neither one of them has a clear-cut wide receiver one behind them. I mean, at least a proven wide receiver one. Yes, Andrews has Rashad Bateman there, but I, he hasn't proven what he can do at the NFL level because he's so young. Mark Andrews has, and Lamar Jackson has rapport with him. He's going to throw him the ball a lot. So I like Andrews here. I still think he's going to get 
1,100 yards and somewhere between 7 to 9, maybe 10, 11 touchdowns. Just depending on how everything plays out. We've already, we already know that J.K. Dobbins is a question to even start the year out. Um, I don't think he does. Um, so Mark Andrews, tight end number two. Kel, uh, Cody, I think I know where you're going to go with this based on a conversation we had earlier today. Yeah, you do. And this was tough. This was honestly the toughest decision in this top 10 for me. Um, and there is as little bias as I could possibly put in here, but I got George Kittle as number two. Again, I'll repeat this. We're, we're saying health. We're assuming health, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is his downfall usually. And in uh, a team with a new quarterback who's going to need a reliable target uh, and with Debo's uh, situation uncertain, um, I think Kittle, assuming he's healthy, is just going to be a, a PPR machine. Dude pr- could prove he's tough. He can run after the catch. Um, not afraid to go over the middle. Um, and the reason it's not Andrews is, like you said, it's going to be a different season for him. Lamar missed five games last year, and I feel like those other guys really leaned on uh, Andrews a lot. Uh, and Lamar, I mean, I just think in the red zone, I think Kittle's a, the primary red zone target. Andrews is probably the primary red zone target, but Lamar is the primary red zone threat. And I think that with that return, um, you have a rookie quarterback who's going to be a lot more reliant on a tight end, in my opinion. Whereas Lamar will be Lamar. Uh, so I have Kittle at number two, but I think it could go either way. Yeah. Um, who do you have at number three? Uh, Mark Andrews. All right. Same he, reason I had him at number two. Yes, essentially. I mean, he <laughs> is the proven weapon in that offense. Uh, he's a red zone machine. Um, I just do think with Lamar coming back, um, I think his – um, but his playmaking that offense will go down a touch. All right. That's fair. Um, I have George Kittle as my number three. So we've got the same top three just in a different order. Um, pretty much for the same reasons you said, if Debo holds out, Kittle could easily be the tight end one. If he stays healthy, we've seen him do it before. I think he could essentially re break out as a tight end. Um, and yeah, I mean, tight end one isn't without a, like out of the realm of possibilities. It's definitely within it. And like I said earlier, Kelsey and Andrews are my tier one and kills the top of my tier two, mainly because of upside because he has just, he's just got so much upside that I have a hard time putting him behind the guy I have at tight end number four, um, which is Darren Waller. Darren Waller, (laughs) at least in our league was the tight end 19 last year. So he's most likely out of the top, 15 for every single league however you set it up unless it's tight end premium maybe he bumps up into it but he wasn't very good for you last year and as a Darren Waller owner I can or yeah Darren Waller owner I don't know how if I said that wrong it sounded wrong in my head but as an owner of him last year I was very disappointed um so I think he can also essentially re-break out like I said George Kittle could I think he gets back up into the top tier conversation of tight ends. You have Devontae Adams now. Yes, that's going to take targets from him. But Waller only had 93 last year. He didn't have a lot of targets, and that could definitely go up this year with 
Adams and Waller as the clear-cut one and two option in this offense for passing for Derek Carr to throw the ball to. And he only had two touchdowns. There's no way Darren Waller goes through 16, 17 games without more than two touchdowns this year. No way. Clear-cut clear cut two options with Hunter Renfro in that offense? I still think Waller is a better receiving option than Hunter Renfro. Yes, they paid Renfro. Yes, they paid Adams. Adams is going to be the number one option there. But I still, I mean, Darren Waller is so freaking good. He's such an, like, a good athlete. And now that you actually have somebody taking double coverage like Devontae Adams, Waller's going to be open so many times that how is Derek Carr just going to say, nah, I'm not going to throw the ball to you? I, Yes, Renfro is still a, a weapon, but I still think that he finishes as the third option in this offense. Maybe clear cut wasn't the right choice, but he is number three. Waller's number two in my book. I don't disagree. Uh, I just I think I, clear cut doesn't quite offer Hunter Renfro the respect <laughs> he probably deserves. But that said, I agree with you. I have Darren Waller at my number four. Also, um, like you said, he's now got more talent around him than he ever has to take some of that pressure off of him. He will be open. He will still be a red zone target, even though I think Adams is as good of a red zone target as anybody out there. Um, but I think Waller will still rack up the catches, the yards, the touchdowns uh, in a high powered offense mm-hmm. uh, to very well earn him the number four spot. Now is when things get funky for me in these, in this rankings, because I think there's a lot of, tight ends that could slide in here mm-hmm. it's just a matter of which ones will um and i'm gonna start number five with <laughs> who am i gonna start number five with i'm gonna start number five with tj hawkinson okay okay i need a reasoning behind this one um a lot of the same things about waller i think that with amon ross st brown and dj shark uh, and Jamison Williams, if Jamison Williams can get healthy, um, I think that that offense will be very good this year. Uh, well, not very good. That's not true. I think it will be improved, and Hawkinson will not, again, not take as many double teams, not have the pressure on him, and I think he's my favorite red zone threat in a tight end. He's just built for that. Um, and I think Goff will look for him as kind of an old reliable once they get into the red zone. Uh, so similar reason, just not in near as good of an offense as Waller. But I think he'll be a touchdown machine. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we definitely saw an uptick in production from him. Um, in 2020, he played 16 games, 101 targets, 67 receptions. 2020, did I say 2020? Yeah. Okay, good. 2021 he had 12 games so he was he missed five but he had 84 recept or targets so he was almost already topping his 16 game total so he's definitely on track to beat that not to mention in 16 games he had six touchdowns in 2020 and he had four last year in 12 so i think the touchdowns go up i think the yards go up and definitely the receptions um, yeah, he had 61 receptions and 67 in 2020, and they were he played four less games. He was undoubtedly going to top that last year had he not been injured for those five games or whatever it was. So I I like TJ. He's not my number five though. Um, 
I have Dalton Schultz at number five. We've been waiting for a Dalton Schultz breakout for a couple years now, and he's kind of in that third tier of tight ends. I have TJ in that as well. I'm not going to say exactly where, but he's in that third tier of tight ends in my opinion. Um, and I put Dalton Schultz here because of his upside. He's on a much better offense than TJ Hawkinson is in Detroit. Um, Dallas is way better, has a lot more potential, has a lot more weapons to use. Um, Michael Gallup is also out. We do not know when Gallup is coming back, but he tore his ACL super late last year. So it's going to be a while. And even if he does come back, we don't know how he's going to be. So right now they're running with CD lamb as obviously the number one wide receiver, but then they've got James Washington and other people that I don't even know who are playing for them right now. Dalton Schultz, if healthy, which like Cody said earlier, we are betting in our top 10 list that they are going to be healthy for the entirety of the season. Dalton Schultz should be in the top 10 conversation, if not the top five. And I think he can get there uh, with Dak Prescott at the helm. I, I just, I see him reaching that potential for the first time in, in three years, like we've expected. So I like Dalton Schultz here. Funny. Uh, I don't like that response. Wait, is it uh, is it your turn? I believe it's your turn. Yeah, I, I get I get to go for number six first, Cody. I'm I, I'm thinking yours is Dalton Schultz, but I'm gonna go with Kyle Pitts at number seven, or sorry, six. Um, he had over a thousand yards as a rookie. The only downside was he only had one touchdown. Granted, that's probably because he plays for the Atlanta Falcons. But either way, you can't deny his talent. And I believe he's going to be the number one target option again in this offense, despite Marcus Mariota being the quarterback. I still think he's going to be a reliable weapon for whether or not it's Mariota or Desmond Ritter later on in the year. I think he's going to be the go-to option for these guys, and he's going to be a reliable option. He's going to get more than one touchdown. Mark my words. I'm saying four at least four touchdowns in 17 games. I think it's possible. And it is within the realm of possibility that it goes over 1,000 yards again, just based on volume alone. I don't care if he has five yards of reception. The amount of volume this guy is going to get because Atlanta is going to be playing behind so long and he's the only receiving option there, he's going to get his, his receptions, his yards, his touchdowns. He's yeah. like the Najee Harris of tight ends. A lot of people have Pitts uh, high, like borderline tier one, high tier two tight end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. So my number six was your number five, Dalton Schultz, and my number seven is your number six, Kyle Pitts. Um, right. That's fair. Similar reasons. I was a Dalton Schultz owner last year. I was scared because Blake Jarwin <laughs> was back. I was Because Blake Jarwin was back healthy. I didn't know what that was going to look like. But Dalton Schultz emerged as a one of Dak Prescott's favorite weapons. I think mm-hmm. he'll start slow because, like you said, Michael Gallup is out. That offense is not nearly as potent uh, with just C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz as your primary weapons. But I do think by the end of it, I mean, they still they still have Tony Pollard and Elliott. I think they're still going to be they're still going to try to throw the ball a lot early on. I agree, but I think that like like you said that that attention in the secondary ha- has less places to go. 
Um, but I think that as that offense gets healthy in a weak division, um, Dalton Schultz emerges as a quality tight end again this year as the clear number one tight end in that offense coming in, and he'll stay that way. Um, and Pitts, the reason he's here, I do think that he'll get a ton of volume, a ton of targets, um, and see high numbers in yardage again. Uh, but Marcus Mariota is his quarterback, uh, and that's really all I need to say on the subject. But, yeah, I just don't have any faith in Marcus Mariota at quarterback or I'd have Pitts higher. Which is fair. I mean, it's definitely a downgrade from Matt Ryan. So I I can see that. I just think by volume alone, he's going to surpass a good amount of um, fantasy relevance, I think. I think he's still a top 10 guy. It's not too hard to be a top 10 tight end. Um, my number seven was TJ Hawkinson. So we have the same three guys at four, five, and or five, six, seven, just in different orders. Actually, four, five, six, seven, just in different orders. Um, my number eight is Zach Ertz. <clears throat> Zach Ertz was great last year. He honestly had a good year. And I still think he's got some fire left in him. I mean, last year he had 74 receptions, 112 targets, 763 yards, and five touchdowns. That's respectable. And now you're going into the first six weeks and you don't even have DeAndre Hopkins. Their number one target's gone. Christian Kirk is gone. They lost so many targets. I think they're actually the number one team for um, most vacated targets, if I'm not mistaken. Um I'll we'll talk to our statting guys. They'll figure it out for us in a minute. Um, but Zach Ertz is going to get his touchdowns. Kyler Murray likes him as a tar- as an option. We saw that last year, 73 receptions. He's still getting an average of 10 yards a reception, which is good for a tight end. And I mean, it's hard to argue the fact that without DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz isn't going to get a lot of targets. Their only guy behind him is Trey McBride, the rookie, and rookie tight ends don't usually produce a whole lot. I do like Trey McBride, though, and I actually don't have, spoiler alert, I don't have Ertz in my top 10 because of Trey McBride. Um, I just uh, I just think, I mean, like I said, it's not too hard for tight ends to crack the top 10. I mean, last year, the number 10 guy, one, two, three, was Kyle Pitts, and he had 109 points. I mean... Ertz was two points behind him at 107. So I I just think without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks that he'll come out of the gate swinging and that'll be enough to carry him through the year. Yeah, a a key for him is going to be finding touchdowns. And I think even with Hopkins out, um, you got Kyler Murray and you've got James Conner taking up those short yardage red zone touchdowns, uh, which scares me for him. But I don't mind it, uh, just not where I went. But for my number eight, this is hard because for me, there's like four guys here in these last three spots, and I have to pick three of them, and that's really sad. Um, I know which way I'm going to go, though. At eight, and honestly, this is hard. Eight, Dawson Knox. Again, a very potent offense. He was kind of the breakout tight end last year. Uh, we've seen some like breakout tight ends that have proceeded to like fall off. 
um, mm-hmm. at, at Robert Tanyan. But I think <laughs> in that offense, uh, with Josh Allen being as dynamic on his feet as he is, um, you can't ignore Stephon Diggs, uh, Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley. Um, I think Dawson Knox uh, is a very potent weapon in that offense. We'll get plenty of catches, plenty of yards, and plenty of touchdowns in one of the more high-powered offenses in football. Yeah, I like it. That was your number eight. Who's your number nine? Number nine. Oh, I hate myself for this, but I really feel it. Mike Gesicki. <laughs> if if all right, two, all right. if if okay. two, if Tua can figure it out, right. Mike Gesicki. Literally, you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, two guys that can take the top off, two guys that are going to demand safety help. Mm-hmm. Safeties go to these outside wide receivers. The middle of the field where Mike Gesicki thrives opens up. And I think that if that's a big if, and that's why he's a nine. If Tua can figure it out, Gesicki has at least five touchdowns this year. You think you think he's got five touchdowns this year? Yes, I do. Oof. Because, I I have because, to strongly disagree. I I don't see that happening at all. I because don't because I don't think, think that, like like we said, Tyreek catches deep pass touchdowns. Tua can't throw those. So that's not going to be a deep pass offense. I think they're going to, but they're still going to be a good offense. Assuming, again, this is assuming Tua's performs, which is a tough assumption to make. But I just right, think that ahead. he has all the opportunity in the world to have a very good season. I got $5, says he's under five touchdowns this year. Um, I will get back to you on that. We'll update the fans <laughs> on that next week. No, I want an answer right now. You just sat here and defended this guy. You have to back it up or take back what you just said. No, you you said Gasicki can get five CDs. You should be able to back that up with a $5 bet. When I say he's under it, I'm even giving you the five dollar, the five touchdowns. He has to hit four or less for me to win this bet. This is, I want an answer right here, right now, buddy. You're on. Okay, all right. I got him shaking in his boots over there. He's he's squirming. <laughs> all right. I mean, right. I, mean, I, mean, I, mean I mean, here, think about it. You think about here. it. Five okay, is five is a mid range number. How many touchdowns did he have last year, Cody? Two. He had two touchdowns last year on 73 receptions. And now you're adding in Tyreek Hill, a guy that two is going to look over on the field like crazy. There's no way two is going to not look for Tyreek Hill and look Gasicki's way. I mean, he's been around for four seasons and he's had five or more touchdowns for two of those. And he's now in the best offense he's been in since he's been around. So 50%. Of his seasons, he's had over five touchdowns, and now he's getting one of the best weapons in the NFL on his team with a mediocre quarterback who's going to look to rely on somebody, and that person is going to be a guy who's faster than everybody else on the field in Tyreek Hill, or it's going to be their outstanding rookie wide receiver in Jalen Waddle, who's now a second-year sophomore guy. 
It's not going to be Mike Gesicki. But we shall see at the end of the year when you're handing me a $5 bill. Yes, we will. Who you got at nine, Dev? Cody's got me heated, everybody. I'm sorry. Uh, number nine, I've got your number eight, Dawson Knox. I love him. Honestly, I couldn't really – it was a hard decision for me to make between my nine and ten guy. Um but Dawson Knox is on the better offense. He's got the better quarterback. And we saw some decent production out of him last year. Uh, let me pull him up here. He had 49 receptions. Not great. I think he could top that this year. Um, only 71 targets, but he still had 587 yards and nine touchdowns. That touchdown production bumped him up here. I, I could see that dropping to seven, but to balance it out, I see him getting that 700, 800 yard mark. So... I like him. I honestly here. Here's a good comparison. Last year, Rob Gronkowski had 55 receptions for 80, 802 yards and six touchdowns. I see a similar stat line for him with maybe a few more receptions, maybe like 65 receptions, 800 yards, five, six touchdowns. And then at number 10, Cody, you might like this. I had Cole Komet. I think Oof, I despise that actually. But, oh, okay. Cody disagrees with me going with his home squad bears tight end. I here, here's my argument. It's similar to Kyler Pitts. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all it's similar to on our list. I was going to say TJ, but TJ is on a better offense than that. There's, there's not a whole lot of mouths to feed in that offense. So, Justin Fields is going to have to throw the ball to somebody, and my guess is it's going to be Cole Komet. Last year, Cole Komet had 60 receptions, 612 yards, and zero touchdowns. He's going to get more than zero touchdowns in this offense because this offense needs him to get more than zero touchdowns, and they're going to look for him. He had 93 targets last year. I see something similar, possibly 50 to 60 receptions. Yards, probably the same, but I could see him getting four touchdowns this year. And that's what puts him into the 10 spot for me. He's not going to go another year with zero touchdowns. I just think there's too many other better tight ends better than Cole Komet, but I respect the, I respect the opinion. Um, my number 10 is a guy that you and me both love. Ooh. Alrighty. Irv Smith Jr. I love Irv Smith Jr. You are not wrong. And Irv Smith, honestly, okay. I, I, I can't I'll, believe you I'll didn't have him in your top after this. I, I'll explain. You go ahead. I mean, Irv Smith is a super talented tight end. Like, if you watch the guy play football, he's good. And, I mean, so many people were high on him last year. Unfortunately, he got hurt before the season started and didn't get to play at all. And... I don't even remember who their tight end was, but their tight end had a solid season, and he wasn't Irv Smith Jr. That Again, you have an offense with Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league, Justin Jefferson, one of the best wide receivers in the league, um, Adam Thielen. Uh, and, but you have Kirk Cousins, who loves his tight ends, and you've got a super talented tight end in Irv Smith Jr., and I think he's going to be a red zone nightmare. Irv Smith Jr. sneaks into the top 10 tight ends this year in my book. Irv Smith over under five and a half touchdowns. That's tough. So, I know. That's why I put it at five and a half. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tight ends went over five and a half touchdowns last year. 
True. None of them was Vikings tight end. I'll say... I'll say under just because there's too many weapons in that offense. I would agree. I think I think he's probably in the four to five range, but I don't think he eclipses that. And that's why he's out of my top ten, Cody. Was he he was your number ten? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why he's out. I there's too many mouths to feed there. Um so, so, I mean, so you, you so you th- so you think Cole Komet gets over five and a half touchdowns? No. God no. But I think he gets four. I think he gets five. Uh, Justin Fields isn't good enough to throw six touchdowns to a tight end. He's going to be scrambling too much. And that offense is new. They got a new head coach. I mean, there's just not enough going his way. But, I mean, like I said earlier, these guys at the bottom of our list, can. it's so questionable. It's so up in the air. It really comes down to upside. And... I think Cole Komet has a lot because there's less mouths to feed than Irv Smith. And honestly, another guy that's kind of on the cusp, probably the 12, 13 range is Pat Fryermuth of Pittsburgh. But because of the QB question marks and Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris and Chase Claypool, not to mention George Pitkins and Calvin Austin, Calvin Austin, the third, like there's just too many mouths to feed in that offense and too many question marks at quarterback position for me to say, yeah, he's going to crack the top 10. But Irv Smith, same way. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Dalvin Cook, even Alexander Madison is going to get his receptions, and that all takes away from Irv Smith. Now, I will agree with you. This offense is crazy good on paper, and I'm very excited. Kirk Cousins is a guy to target late in drafts if we're talking redraft. He's going to be available, and he's going to have the best year of his career this year. Sorry, that was a little off topic, but continue with what you are going to say about tight ends, Cody. I mean, yeah, all good. Um, I agree with you. Fryer Muse in that, like, high high teens range, um, or low teens, I guess, um, but high ranking. Uh, I had him in about the same spot. Another guy who I have to give honorable mention to here, who I had a really hard time not putting him in my top ten, uh, which I guess you probably would have liked him in my top ten more than you like Mike Sicky in my top ten, but we'll drop that for now, and I'll have my five bucks later, but... Uh, is Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, when he's healthy, consistently produces, and Carson Wentz loves tight ends. Like Carson Wentz has a very strong relationship with his tight ends. He made Zach Ertz. Um, He made Dallas Goddard for a hot second. Um, And I think in that offense, in a division where, I mean, you have Giants, you have... Dallas, which their defense was questionable at times, uh, and you have the Eagles, uh, I think that uh, Logan Thomas could have a very solid year uh, just because Wentz will feed him uh, volume and look for him in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I I think he's kind of on the cusp there, like between 11 and 15, somewhere in there. Another guy in that for me is Evan Ingram. I really don't know how to stat him out, where to put him exactly. He's very intriguing. Um, That offense is weird. I mean, they paid Christian Kirk and Evan Evan Ingram a lot of money to go and play there. Um, 
And Trevor Lawrence is a guy who actually kind of likes throwing to tight ends. I mean, we saw Dan Arnold kind of have a good season with them, 35 for 52 and 408 yards. Not terrible. He was over 10 yards per reception, which you like to see, like I said earlier. But the touchdowns weren't there for him. So if Evan Ingram, with his crazy athletic ability, if he stays healthy, he's definitely better than Dan Arnold. And Dan Arnold saw some good production there. So I think... Evan Ingram could be a breakout candidate this year. Do I think he does it? I don't know. I'm still deciding on that, but he's an intriguing prospect to me. Devin, you know what's intriguing to me? There's a guy who is in the same system he was in last year with Mm -hmm. the same offense and Mm -hmm. the same quarterback, same head coach, Mm -hmm. who had nine touchdowns last year, and neither of us have him in our top ten. Nine touchdowns last year. And that guy is Hunter Henry. He is. I I just think it's interesting that a guy who performed so well last year and, again, is in the same exact system, and you neither of us give him recognition. Okay, here's, here's my thing. Dawson Knox also had nine touchdowns. I like Dawson Knox better. He's on a better offense. Neither of them, neither Dawson Knox or Hunter Henry are going to get nine touchdowns again. Here's why. That was almost 20%, like 20% of their receptions were touchdowns. That's absurd. That is not going to happen for two years in a row. Dawson Knox had 49 receptions. Hunter Henry had 50. Both of them had nine touchdowns. That's ridiculous, and it's not going to happen again. It's not a stat that—it's kind of like an out-there stat. It's not going to be something that's just achieved year in and year out. So if Hunter Henry has 50 receptions again, he'll probably see something like five to six touchdowns, which is still great, but he doesn't see the yards, really. And they added Devontae Parker— They're going to run the ball a lot, like we saw last year. It's still Mac Jones. I just don't – I don't know. He's kind of in the Evan Ingram conversation. He's he's iffy. He's questionable, and I don't really know what to think of him at this point. But could he break the top ten? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Cody? I mean, I think he'll have a solid season, uh, if anything, just because Bill loves his tight ends. And I think that's why one of the reasons why he had such a good year last year. Um, but, I yeah, I just don't think he can repeat that production again. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Bill's tight ends, Rob Gronkowski had six touchdowns last year. How many games does he need to play this year to hit that mark? Um, well, he would have to play all of them except for the fact that he's not playing in any. You don't think he plays at all? Gronk? Yeah, you think he's done done. Yeah, we already had this conversation. The dude is retired. He's not coming back this year. I disagree. I disagree. Look, for and, the and, first and, time in our lifetime, we are going to see one of the great pairing of Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady actually and fully retire. <laughs> it starts now, <laughs> Cody. I just think that, I mean... The Buccaneers just signed Kyle Rudolph, which you would think is a hint that they think Gronk is done. But as soon as Kyle Rudolph gets injured, which he's getting up there in age, and 
he has a history of injury issues. There's no doubt in my mind Brady makes that phone call, and there's no doubt in my mind Gronk says yes. I I just I don't see it happening. I don't. Let let Rob live in peace, Cody. The man's broken already. He doesn't need any more broken body parts. Let him go. It's okay. He stays retired. Tell that to Brady, man. <laughs> I can't. He doesn't listen to our podcast, but it is right, what it is. All right, Dev. We're going to close with a little Madden talk. Madden? Oh, okay. All right. All right. All the ratings are coming out this week. Have you seen any of that? Um, I've seen a little bit of it. Let me, let me pull it up. No, don't pull it up. We're going to do a little pop quiz here because it's my Ugh. turn to give you trivia questions. I don't like that. I don't like it. We're going to start with a position that everybody knows, wide receiver. Devin, oh who, are the t- who are the top 10 wide receivers in Madden this year? Okay, Devontae Adams. Number one, 99 overall. Justin Jefferson. Number six, 93 overall. Tyreek Hill. Number three, 97 overall. Mike Evans. Number seven, 92 overall. Um, Stefan Diggs. Number five, 95 overall. So you still need two, four, and eight through ten. Eight through ten. Um, ooh. Debo Samuel? No. Ooh, he's off it. Okay, okay. Cooper Cup. Number two, 98 overall. Um, D-Hop? Number four, 96 overall. Okay. <laughs> um, so now I just need eight through ten? Correct. I want to say a couple, like, second and third year guys. But I'm just, I mean, Jamar Chase? I don't know how that man is not on this list, but he's not on this list. I mean, after his rookie year last year, he should be. I mean, at least at 10. Um, C.D. Lamb. Nope. Mm. Oh, gosh. Should one of these be super obvious to me, or am I am I just... Um. I think two of these guys have an argument to be in here. One of them is just, I don't know how you're in the top 10. Um, <laughs> um, is it any of the, um, any of these Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin's number nine at 91 overall. Okay. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, not in there. No. Interesting. AJ Brown's dead, better than Terry, in my opinion, at least when healthy. Um, NFC, AFC, both AFC, both AFC. Okay. Oh, um, Keenan Allen, number eight, ninety-one overall. Okay. Same division. No. A division you're very familiar with. <laughs> okay. So it's definitely the AFC North. Is it? It's not Deontay Johnson. There's no way. Nope. Okay. I was going to say he's not a top 10 guy right now. Nope. Um, 
What team? The Browns. Oh, um, <laughs> Amari Cooper. Number 10, 90 overall. I don't know about that how, one. How, how is how, First of all, how is DeAndre Hopkins number four? DeAndre Hopkins should be top 10, not number four. And how is Amari Cooper on this list when guys like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Jamar Chase are not? Um, I, I, I don't know. My thought, my thought honestly is that there's some sort of historical factor in this algorithm because you still have guys like Khalil Mack and Von Miller who are still solid pass rushers, but they're Mm -hmm. in the, they're both in the top five of like defensive ends and outside linebackers. Here's, here's my question. Can you list off the top five defensive ends? Cause I have a feeling it's going to upset me. Uh, I definitely, it definitely will. So okay, because Miles Garrett is above TJ Watt. 99 and 98 overall, respectively, yes. And then okay. I believe I believe off the top of my head, it was Nick Bosa. Uh, and then I think it was Mack and Von Miller. But, and then guys below that were like Joey Bosa, um, Cam Jordan. Okay, I'm I'm curious what a non-biased person thinks about Miles Garrett being above TJ. What do you think? I think that like Madden is such a like attributes-based game and I think Miles Garrett probably has I mean I can sit here and tell you. Um in the meantime, thoughts on the wide receiver list? Um, I, I think it's missing some, some guys. I mean, AJ Brown should definitely be in there over Amari Cooper, I think. Um, and Terry, honestly, I could see it being like AJ and Terry as nine and 10 respectively. I mean, Terry's a great wide receiver. He will be a great wide receiver continuing on in his career, but AJ Brown's just gotten, I think he's just a little bit better. Um, like you said, D Hop shouldn't be at number four. Jamar Chase should be in there. Even I mean, despite him just doing it for one year, he's still going to be a great talent. He's still an awesome wide receiver, so he should be a top ten guy, especially given what he did last year as a rookie. So there, there are some things that are lacking. But like you said, I mean, it's Madden. There, I don't know. There's some things wrong with the algorithm, I think. But so it is what it is. Was I looking up something for you, or was I looking up to tell you why Miles Garrett was better than TJ Watt? I wanted your opinion on. If yeah, you I mean, I, I Miles mean, Garrett I mean, should I mean, be I think TJ Watt is a better rusher than Miles Garrett, but like I said, because it's such a uh, attribute based thing. Like if you look at their attributes, they have Miles Garrett with an eighty eight speed to Watt's eighty three. They have uh, acceleration ninety one to eighty nine for Garrett. Strength 96 to 83 for Garrett. Agility 85 to 84 for Garrett. I just don't know that Miles Garrett is that much faster and more agile than TJ Watt. They both have 98 awareness. Um, I just don't think. Man. Here's here's my thing. They were both drafted in 2017, so they both have five years in the league. Here's their stats. Careers. Watt. 77 games. Garrett, 68. 
Watt, four interceptions. Garrett, zero. Watt, seven fumble recoveries. Garrett, four. Watt and Garrett, or Watt has zero touchdowns with those, but Garrett has one. Um, tackles, Watt, 216. Garrett, 140. That's solo tackles. Um, let's see here. Tackles for loss, Watt, 80. Garrett, 59. Um, I don't know why stats aren't on that. Give me one second. Sacks. Oh, gosh, there's no total. I'm slacking here. Since Okay, this is since 2018 for the sacks. 13 and a half, 10, 12, 16. That's Garrett. TJ Watt, sacks. 13, 14 and a half, 15, 22 and a half. The only year that he had less than Garrett was his was 2018, and he only had half a sack left, less. I just, literally in every single production stat, TJ Watt has outproduced Miles Garrett, and even after five years of this, people are still saying that TJ Watt isn't as good. And it's just, it, it's mind-boggling to me. Like, I get that Miles Garrett was an incredible talent coming out of college. He still is an incredible talent. He's a great defensive end. But TJ Watt has outproduced him every single year, and I don't know. I think TJ deserves a little, like, he's already got so much respect, but I think he deserves just that ounce more to puts him, that puts him over the edge. But I digress. I'm ending my spiel there. All right, Dev. We will do one more position group, and we will send the people on their way. Um, let's do let's do some running backs for Madden. Yeah, for Madden. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. I only listed three names. I know. Oh, do you not have it pulled up yet? I did not have it pulled up yet. <laughs> you said Jonathan Taylor, who is number four at 95 overall. Okay. You said, who'd you say? Christian McCaffrey. Number two at 96 overall. And Delvin, Delvin. Cook is number five at 94 overall. Derrick Henry. Number one, 97 overall. Um, let's see here. We've got Ooh. Austin Eckler. Number nine, 88 overall. Zeke. Number 10, 88 overall. Hmm. How many is that that I have? Who's left? Uh, six, seven, eight, and three. But. I feel like three should be just completely obvious to me, and for some reason I'm missing it. They have um, this guy's attributes. Like I'm pretty sure he's the strongest running back in the game. His uh, his carrying super high. His like break tackle super high. Hmm. Should it be super obvious to me or no? Ish. Oh, he's not. He's actually not the strongest. He's the second strongest to Derrick Henry. But I digress. Um, ish. Aaron Jones. Uh, number eight, 89 overall. Okay, I, 
Saquon? No. Okay. I'm fine with that. Um, Najee? No. Okay. I'm good with that. He was a rookie last year. It's respectable. Um, goodness gracious. Two of these guys are in Najee's division. Oh, definitely Nick Chubb. Number four, 96 overall. Joe Mixon. Number six, 93 overall. Okay, that's fair. How many people have left? Two? Just one. Oh, one. What number? Seven. Seven. A little bit of a drop-off between him and Mixon. He's a 90. Mixon's a 93. Oh. NFC, AFC. NFC. Okay. His top traits are his accuracy, or not accuracy, acceleration, agility, uh, his carrying's good, his break tackle's good, his jumping's good. He's a speedy guy, hey? West Coast, East Coast? South. AFC, or NFC South. Oh, Kamara. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm when I when I do this, I'm thinking of like redraft di, redraft fantasy leagues, and Kamara wasn't in there because he's suspended for six games. So exactly, he wasn't in my thought process. But you know, Quarter, quarterback should be coming out soon. I think they've done most positions now except for offensive linemen and quarterbacks. So I'm interested to see how the quarterback rankings go. I think with the historical factor, I think you're still going to see your Brady and your Rodgers, maybe even above your. Like Mahomes, do we Josh do we Allen. think it's do we think it's possible for you to not view that, and then I can do this for you on the show? Um, possibly. I will make it my goal to not view that, but I can't promise anything because that's fair. I, I might have to stay off social media completely to <laughs> to avoid seeing such things. But we'll try my best. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that I was seeing was related to like defensive backs, and then Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt conversation but all right cody why don't you why don't you close us out of another episode here yeah so next week we will be back we will record next week i promise uh and we will do another position group for our fantasy rankings dev where are we going next you made me pick this week where are we going now all right so we've done running backs we've done tight ends Let's save quarterbacks for last and we'll go wide receivers next week. Yeah, that's good because then, I mean, we're basically be going over it twice if we end up quizzing me on Madden quarterbacks and doing a top 10 quarterback list. So that's good. That's good. We'll go wide receivers. Uh, so we'll be back with wide receivers next week as well as any news that happens and some more random musings because, to be honest, there's just not a lot to talk about right now, but we'll make the most of it. The training um, camp's starting, Cody. Training camp is starting, so it'll be interesting all to see, the buzz coming out of there. see how the rookies look, what uh, competitions uh, emerge or develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have we'll have plenty to talk about. We can we'll figure it out. We always yes, do. Sir. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Uh, please remember to like, subscribe, give us a five star review, send us an email, roughthepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do um, it. Yes, please. That's like one we want to make that a regular segment, but it hasn't happened yet. That's the goal. It hasn't. But I'll email you, Cody. Yes, email me. Okay. Use the, use, use the anonymous email. 
We're, yeah, we'll, I got you. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> In the meantime, I will leave you with this from an anonymous uh, source, which we will call Devin because he likes to be the anonymous sources. Uh, this one actually was me, though. Five things for you to remember today. You are valuable. You are enough. You will have a voice. You are, you are capable. And finally, and most importantly, keep roughing the podcast. We will see you all next week. Yes, sir. Goodbye, everybody.